Because hardly anyone has ever heard of this movie, I wonder how many people will be listening to this episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. Reflux capacitor, fluxing, Solution, 1985. Prepare to rewind in three, two, one. Welcome, rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the master interrupter, Baldy Powers. Hey guys, I um never seen this movie before. I'm curious. Uh The Peanut Butter Solution. Uh, have you seen it? I've I mean, seen it. You. Yes. Paul. How many times have you seen it? Uh maybe once or twice before this, way when oh, I was so like five like third, five times? No, when I was 5, maybe oh, I saw this a couple of times. Okay. okay. Oh, did you really? Yes. Something right. like that. Well, I never um, even heard of this, but did you get it on, like on home video or something? I think it came on the Disney Channel, Paul. No way! I had the Disney Channel, and I didn't see this. That, that's where I remember seeing it, but I could be mistaken. Okay, I Again, I was really young, so yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and also for this discussion of the film, the Peanut Butter Solution, we welcome back aboard Clergy Officer Dallas Mora. Hello, hello. Have you seen this before, Dallas? I saw it today. That counts. It does it. Yeah. Well, you- hey, I- I'll tell you this. In watching it, I was having some weird, like, like you know, flash. Have I seen this? Like, there's oh, all okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah. At the same time, going, it kind of reminds me of other movies. So I just, I don't know. Oh, I, I that- was, I was left confused. Maybe yeah. they were incepted. And dun, maybe. Dun, dun. <laughs> But we have our patron, Jared Holzhauer, to thank for uh, he got the patron pick this time. And so he picked for us to review the peanut butter solution. And now Thanks, that we have Jared. A, <laughs> thank you, Jared. Now that I have a quick flyby of who we are. Paul, can you give us a quick overview overview of the production specs for the peanut butter solution? All right. The peanut butter falcon is rated PG-13 and is, runs an hour, 37 minutes. It was released in 2019. Paul? Yes. So I know I know you're getting older, but are yes. you do you need to go to get a hearing test or something? I why? The peanut butter what other movie could there be besides the peanut butter falcon? The peanut butter solution. So dang it. Hold on. Oh, got it. Okay. Did you have so, fun watching that more than Peanut Butter Falcon? Yeah, well, we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no Shia LaBeouf in this one. Sorry. But ah, the, the Peanut Butter Solution was released December 6th, 1985. Runs an hour and 33 minutes and is rated PG and hmm. directed by Michael Rubo. Michael Rubo also wrote it along with Vojtech Jancy and Andre Pelletier, I think. With lead stars being Matthew McKay, Siliak, Sansanasi, Allison Darcy. Uh, The music was composed by Louis Fury, who actually won an award or two for this. Oh, cool. Uh, You ready for the box office trivia? I am ready. Uh, Dallas, are you ready? 
Yeah, totally. And everyone in live chat, feel free to join in as well. Well, hold your horses because the peanut butter solution was made in Canada with financial help from the government and released directly to home video. The budget and the sales cannot be substantiated since precise records were not kept after Tannen shot a newspaper editor who printed an unfavorable story about him in 1884. I hate it when that happens. That's why I'm gonna, I'm going to assume this, though. It's actually done pretty well on sales for an Oh, fine. <laughs> you happy now? That maybe, yeah, sure. Well, thank you, Paul, for those factoids. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind meld or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get into once Alice has located our target film. Alert. Alert. Approaching target. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. You love the dog who stopped the war. But what did he see? You sniffling rabbit! Now you love the peanut butter solution. The last thing is a spoonful of peanut butter. Human hair grows only half an inch a month. No more. Don't use too much. Mr. Jingus, it's moving. Michael! Where's your hair? Don't miss. Coming soon. Consult your local listings. Way to talk over yourself, outro guy. And I don't remember many ads for the peanut butter solution, and I don't like that more things are plain, but regardless, uh, what did we all remember about the peanut butter solution? Let's find out in our memory mind melt synopsis for this film. Kid has leukemia and loses all his hair, sees an ad in a comic to regrow hair with peanut butter. So the kid tries the peanut butter solution and starts growing way too much hair. Then the kid is abducted and farmed for his hair. He is either dead or alive by the end. <laughs> um, I, I mean, maybe a sliver of that was right, but most of it was. Like I said, I was like five when I saw this. I didn't remember hardly any of this. You know what? I'm as, to figure as, out where the comic came from. As as off as some of that is, that's almost like a, a pretty comparable story to this. So yeah, <laughs> and Dallas is because comic books back then you bought all these weird things from. Remember so like right. X-ray visions and sea yeah. monkeys and hair growth and that's yeah. what that's what I was thinking. So I just took a shot in the dark there. <laughs> um, based on those Wait, memories, the dark. as flawed as the Wilhelm scream is, what range did they lead you to predict for this film before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? And I was the only one who had seen this before. I predict, well, I'll get in my prediction in a second. Dallas, what was your prediction? So I, I've never seen this before, mm-hmm. but um, a couple of folks I heard seemed to really enjoy it. So I was going in with a uh, optimistic nostalgia. Oh, nice. Because I had also never seen this before, but I went the opposite went and went, oh, if I haven't heard of it and and what I have heard wasn't like it was kind of weary. It wasn't like people weren't getting too excited. So I predicted tragic. Tragic. I remember this being this sort of fever dream as a kid. And never wanted to go back, so I, too, predicted tragic. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if those predictions pan out, though. But let's talk about the things, you know, there's probably things to like about this film. And let's talk about those things. Let's spin up our... Best three. 
And let's start with Dallas. What's one thing you liked about the peanut butter solution? So one thing I enjoyed about the peanut butter solution is that, um, let me pull up my notes. Oh, I liked my notes on this too. <laughs> All right. So one of the things I enjoyed about the movie was, um, the way that the kid's hair moved in certain scenes. I appreciate oh, yeah, the practical like aspect of that. Um, because like it, like when he was trying to eat the soup and it kept covering his face or just like the little hair growing out while yeah. he's like in class. I thought that was cool. I thought that was a great little practical effect. I mean, this is like yeah, absolutely. 1985. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I just thought it was good. I thought it was a really well done thing and I, I enjoy practical effects. So Though, was cool. why wasn't all his hair growing at the same speed? Like there'd just be some tendrils that would grow fast. Right. He, he applied more solution in that spot. You know, not everything was evenly applied. It was layered up in there. Yeah. That's the whole reason he added more peanut butter so that it could be more even. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. But I mean, so it, it would humps? stick because it kept running. All right. Fine. I suppose that, that, you know, that's a plausible answer. <laughs> I will give you that. I also thought it was pretty plausible that um, you could take, uh, like, you could get this pipe and pull out, uh, push it out the back of a truck and pour sugar, and that could lead a trail. Now, first, I'm thinking this is going to wash away, but the the girl, the uh, the Michael's sister, I think, I think his name is Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, Michael. Michael. Uh, Susie, I think Susie's sister. Susie was the sister's name. Yeah, yes. she's she's going right after this truck, trying to find where they took uh, her brother because he was abducted. And they they uh, I thought that was pretty ingenious. Oh, okay, they'll all just follow this trail of sugar. So really, because wind and other elements won't blow it away. Not, not right away. I mean, she was she was right on. She knew she could some keep... real handsome and Gretel vibes doing that. Yeah. Yes, but here's the thing, guys. It's they a had an endless amount of sugar in the back, so they could go all over town. It's amazing. She wasn't trying to go somewhere and then be able to find her way back there. She's just following a trail just I'm because not, she couldn't not, keep I up. Think that was cool. I think with the added car. To the, it added to the storybook feel of it. The the handsome yes. girdle. Oh yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Because this exactly. Was, I, I did some some googling. This was a kid story. Like, dude, his his. Dad, he asked his dad to make up a story for him for, at bedtime. The, the uh, director had uh, made this story up, yeah, for his kid or something. Yeah. So I was like, I appreciate the that's a that's a good little nod. Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll we'll give him that. Uh, Paul, what else will you what will you give the film in terms of things you liked? Okay, so here's a little secret when reviewing mo- movies. A lot of it depends on your mood at the time. Yeah, I can. And see that. I was watching this right before dinner. And so you when, were you're hangry. You're wanting peanut she, butter. <laughs> and when the sister came to deliver that sandwich to his room, when he was locking himself in that room, that sandwich sure looks so good. Right. <laughs> I haven't seen a sandwich look that good in a while. <laughs> yes. So it made you. So you like the sandwich? <laughs> they did a good job with like the prop department on that sandwich. <laughs> I, I got to tell yummy. you. <laughs> not many movies or tv shows could do that they they may have done it on accident or whatever but they did a good job i think right. skippy was out there going let's make this look good yeah fair all right uh let's go back to das what else looked good to you about the peanut butter solution i appreciated that the scenes that were meant to be creepy were legitimately kind of creepy at times and then i appreciated the fact that the scenes that were supposed to be heartfelt and 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 laughable and stuff like that like oh, the, yeah. the tones were the scenes and again this is, a, this is supposed to be a kid's movie that hit mm-hmm. certain things and so like the creepy stuff it wasn't like 
okay, whatever. You're laughing it off, but you're like, oh, that's that's legitimately some nightmare fuel right there. Good job, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I and there are just certain scenes from this this uh, movie that definitely had stuck with me for a long mm-hmm. time, like uh, like uh, peanut butter to the roof of your mouth kind of stuck. No, with you? Yeah. <laughs> ha ha ha, Paul. Yes, no, <laughs> but there's. This scene toward the end where um, he's he's taking Connie, the friend, uh, back to where all the kids are abducted, and they're going through all this like all this like white uh, fabric or white hair or something, and just mm-hmm. something about it always creeped me out. I think uh, him going through the house, the 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 burnout house, was always a bit creepy to me. So those things sort of like. Uh, yeah, stuck to my the roof of my mouth, except the roof of my brain, I guess you could say. <laughs> oh, um, nice. Um, but yeah, so I could see how the that type of imagery you would you would uh like Dallas. That's what you said, right? I remember yeah. that, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean it was creepy. I mean Yes, exactly. And, and it, yeah. Exactly. And that's how it was. Right. And I appreciate that because yeah, when you have a movie that's trying to handle so many tones at the same time. That's it can true. get lost and yeah. it's yeah. one or the other sometimes and they did a great job of like we're going to be creepy here and yep. then we're we're going to be ridiculous yeah that's a fair point yeah speaking of creepy i'm going to take this off on a way big tangent so Uh-oh. i'm putting the call here out to rewinders buckle <laughs> up people <laughs> all of you who i'm sure are watching this um i'm sure everyone's coming out for the peanut butter solution uh and listening later on so I have this memory Uh-oh. of this horror movie that my dad was showing me. Like I remember coming home from like a carnival or a fair or something like that at school. My dad's watching this movie. It's this I think it's a horror movie where this this like I guess 20 something man uh is an alien and he has these or he's maybe a human but he has these bulbs of these eggs that are like little bulbs of light and his skin like puffing up and like uh and like he's like they're gonna hatch under his skin or something. And I just remember thinking it's like these eggs that are in his arm and they look like light bulb like light bulbs kind of. So tell me, rewinders, what movie is that? Because I need to know so I can I put it to bed. I don't so I know, can... but I'm remembering it too. What? Well, I am no remembering way. these scenes too. Wait, what really? the crap is this movie? Oh my god. Because gosh. what you're describing sounds like the dot man from the the Suicide Squad, but that's from like this no, like two years ago. This would like, either be a, a 70s or 80s movie. There's a texture to the memory. So yeah. So now, at first I was thinking mean? maybe Guyver, but then you kept going as no. a no, that's not Guyver, that's something else. I've seen Guyver, it's not Guyver. So mm. anyway, so if you have it, if you know what that is, please let us know. Okay, let's get back to the beer first. <laughs> what we're talking about obscure movies, it, it, I thought it made sense. Uh, Paul, what's something else you liked about this film? Okay, this movie definitely has like a fantasy element, like what you said, like storytelling. So yes, absolutely. When when the uh, at the end when um, the main bad guy is in his factory and he's asleep and all the kids are are sleeping and he has these uh, invisible uh, strings coming from his hands so that he can detect kids moving around. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is part of the fantasy element. I get it. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, a kid has an invisible string detector. And Wait, it's are, like, Are you oh, sure yeah. we're not in the dislike section? Yeah. <laughs> Hold oh. on. Because, oh, okay. again, I'm like, okay, yeah, chalk it up to the story, the kid's fantasy. Okay, I get mm-hmm. it. All right, mm-hmm. moving on. 
but that detector like legitimately like works like yeah. how it showed and and it's very useful you're like how could they possibly do this but they do they have a solution and it works it's <laughs> and not weird. a peanut butter one no, i can't believe it it, it was very well, practical. Was fantasy is very reality and practical if the thing would if it actually existed here's a simple yeah. solution to that so i was very impressed by that Awesome. So you're imp- impressed about, even though it was sort of fantastical and out there, they did have some groundedness to it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that doesn't have anything to do with my next like, but I actually liked the Celine Dion songs. This was, uh, her, well, I'll talk about it in trivia some, but I just, she did two songs for this. The one that she sang during Susie, like on the bike looking for the sugar. Apparently, this is my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> um, uh, I liked, I just liked it. It felt very much like a, a type of, like a, a song, a power ballad type thing that you would hear in a kids' movie. I felt like it could have gone well in Goonies. Or Fly the Navigator, or, or, or other kids' movies of that type. So I thought it just matched well with what they're going for in this film. It sounded like a typical '80s song to me. <laughs> how, how old was she in this? Because I didn't realize that she did those songs. Like, yeah, she was like that'd be 17. A really young she, yeah, she was like 17 when she did that. That's interesting. Indeed, it is, isn't it? Uh, let's go. That was one of your likes. <laughs> interesting things, though. Paul, our classic makers for the peanut butter solution, our most stickiest, yummiest parts of this movie. Mm. Yeah, we'll describe crunchy it that or way. creamy, <laughs> crunchy all the way, of course. Nice. Um, but let's start. Let's start with Paul this time. What's you, what was the thing you what was your favorite thing about this movie? Um, there's a line towards the end uh, that says the biggest part of the fright is your imagination. Mm-hmm. And it seemed it's kind of like a throwaway line, but it's like a moral of the story. And I wasn't yeah. expecting that. And like, yeah, that's yeah. really good and really profound, especially for people dealing with trauma. Mm. I think a lot of their, I, I don't want to say it's all in your head, but yeah. a, a lot of the problems is, is that our, our, when we dwell upon things, it just makes it worse and fester in our minds. And so yeah. I think yeah. a lot of the problems that with, when people do have fears, um, especially like uh, phobias that can't be explained like like some of mine are. Um, I think a problem is, the problem is is um, is my imagination about it. It just makes it worse. So I, yeah. I didn't expect that from this film, like a little nugget right there. So that was cool. That's interesting because I was, I'm not going to share what it is because I don't want it to be used against me, but <laughs> I was dwelling on like essentially one of the things that I'm really, really deathly afraid of. Just the mm-hmm. other day, just like uh, I, I was getting so bad, I just didn't want to think about it anymore. So I thought about something else. But and it's just, it's something I could completely remain away from. It's not like something that's going to come after me. I have to wa- I have to go into this situation if I want it to happen. So I'm thankful for that. But is it hair implants? No. I'm good at that. Sorry. Come you know that- back, hair. Come back. <laughs> There's a solution for that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so your classic maker was the, that moral. And I, I almost feel like I have a similar mindset and I don't know if it came from this movie, but I have this mindset of like with horror movies, I want to see it through the end if I'm going to watch one, because I want to know how the bad guys defeated essentially. Otherwise I'll have 
a nightmare or I'll have, uh, I'll have this tension about it because, or in my nightmare, I won't know how to defeat the, the bad guy or, so I wanted to be able to watch so that I would know how to defeat it, if that makes any sense. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Thank you for that confirmation. Dallas was your, uh, confirmed for us. You are a classic maker. <clears throat> My classic maker was actually the uh, the relationship between the brother and the sister. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Well, growing up with like, I, I have a sister, and my sister and I are very close. Oh, that might help. We, yeah, yeah. And we have we you know we had those moments where you know we head by each other, but we genuinely care about each other. We will yeah go above mm-hmm. and beyond to take care of each other and try to create yeah. ways to do some stuff. So yes. for me, I found that very relatable because that's mm-hmm. like my sister and I would do some similar things. We the some of the fighting stuff was a little bit more than what my sister and I would do, but legitimately, mm-hmm. like we would we would go above beyond to take care of each other. And like the sister really genuinely seemed to care about her brother. Um, even though he annoyed the mess out of her at times. Yes. But I appreciated that. And mm-hmm. so for me, that was my classic maker. I was like, okay, this is cool. I, I can I appreciate the family atmosphere that's put out here. Mm-hmm. Uh we'll get into the class the, the tragic portion of it later though. But yeah. Very cool. Um I again my classic maker. I'm glad that we're all over the board with this. We're all picking out different things that we liked. <clears throat> It'll be interesting to see if it's all the same things we dislike. But regardless, my classic maker had nothing to do with the characters. Is all about the concept of at, so toward the end when we're in the Signore's um like dungeon essentially for kids his uh, kid labor factory. Um. They're they're talking about a way to escape, and it's through the paintings. And they go back. They show Connie, who's the the friend of Michael that's new there. They're like, oh, there, here's one way to escape, but we can't. And it's these beautiful paintings that are, like have animations on them, so they're not realistic. They're magical in some way. And you can actually mm-hmm. go into them. And I just really love that concept. I wish that had been sort of the more of the focus of this film. Yeah, totally. Um, because I think that like going into another world. I know, yes, it's very Mario sixty four, but th- I mean, this is, <laughs> predates that by a lot. Right. Um, well, you, I really you like love that idea. Mary Poppins, then. <laughs> I did love Mary Poppins, yeah. Paul. So there, ha ha. I know it's Disney, <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> I still, I, I just thought that was a really cool concept and would have liked that to have been explored more. And they don't have to make it animated. They just go into this painting and you have a realistic world of whatever the painting was. Yeah. Um, but then trying to escape through like lots of different paintings or something or take a paintbrush and then they paint a new scene to try to escape. I don't know. I thought that it could have been a really cool uh, amplification Almost kind of like a concept, page but. master where they had to go through different books. Yeah. yeah, I guess it could be similar to page master. Yes, yes, yes. That would have been a really so. great story, though. I think you need to call this guy up and uh, have a conversation with him about doing a. Uh, I'm going to make my own a part <laughs> two. <laughs> wasn't wasn't this the part two of, uh, like, of a hey, series? Director, of- writer, have I got a solution for you? <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's going to be big, kid. It's going to be big. Oh my Just- word. Money's going to grow anyway, everywhere. What, what's everywhere? Money's just going to grow everywhere. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> kind of like hair. <laughs> so now it's time to get to the portion of the show where I always forget what we're doing. Because I can't just follow my notes. Heaven forbid I do that. 
The thing I forgot, guys, the thing I liked, is the Untold Podcast. The Untold Podcast is a speculative fiction podcast utilizing the genres of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, among others, in order to engage the culture's imagination from a Christian worldview. Every month, Nathan James Norman produces and narrates a new story presented in a unique and dynamic way. Check out the Untold Podcast at untoldpodcast.com to listen and leave them a review on Apple Podcasts. That's great, Francisco. But what does the Untold Podcast have to do with the peanut butter solution? It's sticky. Oh, lots of things. It's yes, sticky? it sticks with you. All the stories of the Untold oh. Podcast stick with you. And also, there, like we were just making mention of a second ago, that this is like one of a series of different stories that I guess were produced in Canada. Excuse me, that aren't necessarily related to them. So they're... I don't know how they're related, but apparently they are in some way. I guess it's similar to how um, uh, Cloverfield is a series of different stories that are just tangentially related. Um, so, Aliens. And, sure. And then the Untold Podcast is a collection of different stories. So that's how they're related. And Nathan um, lives near Canada. That that too. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm trying to help you. Thank you. I, I don't need help. I got this. Oh, you need help for that. Oh my God. (laughs) I, I, you seem unconvinced, uh, breaking bad. Would you like some trivia about, (laughs) about this? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Did you all realize that while on a promotional tour of the dog who stopped the war, which was like the first story in this series, the peanut butter solution is the second story. Um, producer Rock Demers crossed paths with 17 year old Celine Dion at a radio station in True Rivet, True Rivet, something like that. Uh, in Quebec, in Canada, yeah, in French speaking Canada. He was so impressed by her singing, he asked if she could, if she would do some songs for the soundtrack of the Pinnacle Solution, which he was about to shoot. Those songs. Listen to the Magic Man and Michael's song ended up being the first English language songs she ever, Celine Dion, ever performed. Wow. My question to you guys is, what is your favorite foreign language you like hearing sung? Well, I'm going to take Dallas's answer and say it's Japanese because that means I'm watching anime. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. All right. Or... Klingon, because that means there's about to be a bloodbath. No, I'm joking. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do they only sing when they're fighting or something? No, there's other times, like in ceremonial stuff. Oh, okay, okay. All right, so Japanese. Uh, how about you, Dallas? Uh, mine's kind of a toss-up. Um, oh. Um, I do enjoy listening to Japanese music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also really li- enjoy listening to Spanish music. Oh, um, okay, cool. Stuff that's in Spanish. Um, uh-huh. I really enjoy... Um, I can never say it right. Cubano, Cubano. That's uh, like a Colombian style of music. Oh, okay. uh, I really enjoy reggaeton and other things. And so, Yaba. um, it's, I don't know. I just like, I like the way it rolls out. Uh, uh-huh. Spanish is a, is a romantic language. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but it's just, it's nice to listen to. And then I like Japanese. Mm, I just do. Awesome. Um, the, the theme song to uh, Demon Slayer is a banger. Like it is just lit. And then um, the theme song to season one of Iron Blooded Orphans is my jam. Like that is my okay. get up and get out the door. Let's rock and roll uh, song. Very cool. Iron awesome. Blood Orphans. Iron Blooded Orphans. We're out of anime. We're not doing. <laughs> Raise Your Flag is the name of the song by 
Uh, oh, I can't remember the oh, name now. Man with a mission. Yeah, man with a mission. Yeah. Anyway, uh, here live in chat, <laughs> we have Ashley. She says Japanese, followed by Spanish and French. Let's go. Uh, ne- Neko says Japanese. RT Seth says Hungarian. Ooh, oh, that is good. Uh, so Cast Gaming says I like J-pop. Fair. Uh, and then Necker says Inkling and Japanese. <laughs> Plus, okay. like music too. <laughs> okay, you, you Splatoon people. And then uh, Yoshi says, "Imagine, imagine Demon Slayer music in Spanish." Oh, like imagine that? That'd be interesting. Oh, that'd be lit. Uh, and then Dale likes Native American. Interesting. There is some uh, really pretty Native American music out there. Like it's Kabuki Theater. Pretty lit. Okay. Awesome, guys. Well, very Romanian. cool. And thank you, everyone, for sharing what your favorite type of foreign sung language is. Yeah. Foreign, foreign language sung. Yeah. You, you know what I mean. Yeah. Great trivia, Francisco. Thank you, Paul. And now that we've all had some trivial fun, let's find out what memories you or Rad Rewinders had about the peanut butter solution. All right. Kevin Joshua Burnham says, yes, I remember it very well. It brought nightmares to a whole new level. But still, my eyes were glued to the television every minute. The peanut butter didn't work, but the butt whooping did. Was there a butt whooping? Uh, yeah, I was story? trying to remember. Did I, I don't remember a butt whooping. Did Kevin get a butt whooping because no, he watched probably this? probably did. No one Kevin. <laughs> there was a fight oh, on Kevin. the soccer field, but no. That might have been it. That might have been it. That wasn't the, no butt whooping really on there. Yeah, they just took his wig off. Yeah. With this trip, how is the glue applied in those blobs? That didn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you just spread it all over? Anyway, Jared I... Holzhauer goes <laughs> on and says, uh, It has always seemed like a fever dream from when I was a kid. It wasn't until I looked it up as an adult that I knew for sure that it was real. Dun, dun, dun. Ah. Um, Colin says, I remember seeing this as a kid, it was different. <laughs> Nate Henderson tagged Bria. Who then added, oh my gosh, I can quote the entire scenes from that movie. Wow. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, Aaron Huey says, never heard of this, which starts a a trail of this. Continue. Uh, Drake Tungsten says, peanut butter is the solution to all of life's problems. I I think I mentioned that I love peanut butter. Never seen this, though. (laughs) And Drew concludes with, I know nothing of the film, but it's not a documentary... But if it's not a documentary about how they improve jelly sandwiches, I call hacks! Hacks! <laughs> well, uh, thank you all for sharing your memories, or lack thereof. Uh, but maybe there's a reason not to watch this movie. Let's get into our uh, things we had most about the peanut butter solution. Worst three. And let's begin with Dallas once more. What's something you didn't like about this film? Uh, things I did not like about this film. Um, how much time we got left on this podcast? Or where to begin? Um, <laughs> all right, so well, you said you were here until Jesus comes back, so ha ha ha. All right, let's rock and Make roll. Make good on your promise, Dallas. Um, is that before or after the millennium? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> the the story beats of the of what just felt real disjointed. Like it oh, was just nice. like a series of small things that they just Kids? slapped together. Like they're like, hey, I got this story, I got this story, I got this story, and. They kind of loosely put it together, and I know was, another movie that's just like that. Yeah, only the uh, that Monty Python, funny. the Holy Grail. You bring it up again, Captain, to let and people know not to go see it. Mark this in history. Somebody clipped that the Captain recognizes Monty Python as a movie. Oh no, it's not a movie. He said I'm another just saying, movie. No, it reminds me. Of, 
That was a slip of the tongue. It reminds me of another series of stories smashed together (laughs) claiming to be a movie. Anyway. But yeah, it it felt disjointed. disjointed. It was awkward. Absolutely, yeah. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm going... Like, at one point, I'm like, did I fall asleep? Like, I legitimately asked myself, did I fall asleep and miss a story beat? No, it's just... the, The cuts are just awkward at times they are they are it's like like the first one at first like the kids michael and connie they're going to soccer practice then they're in an art class then they're coming home from school apparently where they didn't show them going to soccer practice but the dad still act asks about soccer practice which is very confusing but then they explained that they didn't have time and so they didn't go to soccer practice they went straight to school i don't remember that but Okay. I, I will agree that the parts of it were disjointed, but I didn't feel it was that. I, I'm curious. Now that you bring it up, it reminds me that I actually saw the extended edition, which had about three extra minutes in it. Oh, really? And okay. I, I but I had I wasn't I was able to luckily I was able to borrow it, but I didn't wasn't able to listen to the commentary, see the behind the scenes. But uh-huh. I'm curious with that extra three minutes in your version that you watched, did the best friend Connie apply the solution to himself? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, no. That's another conversation. Okay. Is that did in, in your version did 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 it show how he got rid of it? He yelled. He at said it? stop to it. Apparently. Yeah. And and then after that, his voice changed. No. no. Okay. After what? that, <laughs> after he yelled at it, his voice changed, and they had du- somebody dubbing over that part where he was talking, and then all of a sudden they cut to the next day, he's talking normally. What? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is made for television. Yeah. The movie's okay. an hour and 30 minutes exactly. This was Mine was cut- an hour and 33. <laughs> <laughs> I think they cut it because of that. I'm wondering what else they didn't... Like, I wonder if that's why it was disjointed, was because they're like, we got to cram this into... Yeah, this, but why why cut those transitions? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then another thing is, like, apparently the... I keep wanting to call him Sergio. What's his name? Signore. The Signore. Signore and the doctor and the homeless man and the art star are all brothers by and the end. Rabbit. Yeah. Twins. They yeah, twins. I don't. I don't. I. I. Whatever movie. Whatever. Why on families and brothers. He, Paul, he had, what's something? It was the that you, what's something you had on about this movie? Okay, as an art student, I found it ridiculous <laughs> that the art teacher was making a, right? a point for the dog to say, "Stay straight, staring ahead." But like ninety percent of the kids' drawings, the dog was to the side. The side. Yeah. Right. So. Hello, director. Have the dog posed to the side so it matches. <laughs> yeah, because obviously everyone's using their imagination if that's the case, which wasn't uh, okay, apparently. It doesn't make sense. Anyway. Right. It doesn't make sense. Um, similar to that, uh, I similar to something else that didn't make sense, is there's no way... So, okay, we're just talking... We, talk, we, we mentioned uh, oh, Michael's... No so he got he lost his hair. And his sister and dad convinced him to put a wig on with some glue. Yeah. So he's like, yay, I'm better. Woohoo. This is great. He goes to soccer. And then he gets into a fight with some some kid. Yeah. Michael throws the first punch. I mean, yeah, well, he seriously, got thinking, kid, that he you got- have a sensitivity. But whatever. He doesn't. He doesn't think. He doesn't realize that. Well, so I he think throws he's the first reacting punch. with his emotions rather than his brain. 
Fine. And so he he gets his wig pulled off by this bigger kid that he's like fine against. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, without skipping a beat, the whole every kid is able to come up with a chance. Look, he's split. Oh, it's the ball. D whatever. I don't know. I don't remember what it was. But it's like, oh, you just what? Do you guys just practice this? You just have this in your back pocket just in case there's a kid that's bald. Okay, good. I'm glad we have this all set up. Well, it's a a common uh, tease in the in can- Canada the ca- where they you almost oh, people. Like <laughs> yeah. But it's not about bald people. It's about something else. So they just switched it with bald. So is it all... really? Are you making that up? Paul? I'm making it up. You said, <laughs> you said there's no way. Much like these kids. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Good. That was very convincing, Paul. Oh my gosh. So that's something that bothered me. Uh, let's go back to Dallas. What's something else that bothered you about the peanut butter solution? <sighs> Another thing that bothered me about the peanut butter uh, solution. Um, actually involves um it was mostly not peanut butter well yeah five dead ants no (laughs) five dead flies why didn't they do a background check on signore like i understand it's the 80s i understand it's canada but i mean surely people are doing background checks in canada in the Uh, 80s apparently you don't understand it's the 80s and you don't understand it's (laughs) canada because (laughs) (laughs) they just let anyone teach yeah I'm just oh, like oh, grandson of Rembrandt. Ah, oh, qualified. Absolutely. Is no. he got an Italian accent? This is the guy, obviously. <laughs> this is the guy. <laughs> and then, like, at what Thor does this kid have to look at him and go, "I'm never coming back to this class"? If you rip up, like when that kid said that, I'm just like, "Who is this kid? Who is Connie? Why does he have this stout?" Like this. I like, thought it was an cool. after-school um, elective. I thought so too, but it doesn't seem to be the case. I don't right? know. Because yeah. that's the first class they're at, apparently. But whatever. Yeah, the pamper delusions, yeah, exactly. Um yeah. so yeah, I yeah, I was very curious how Connie's all of a sudden like, don't rip up my painting, and like the and that this teacher just got hired inexplicably. What was <laughs> well, something the that fact was, that it, he didn't rip up his painting uh, kind of confirmed that it was an, an elective that he was paying extra for. It's like, well, I got to have this kid's money to eat. So <laughs> I, mean, I wanted maybe, to stay. Maybe that was it. I, I don't know. I didn't, that didn't quite land. If that were the case, I would have liked a bit more to I have. Feel like he was making more that. money selling those paintings. Yeah, probably. I, yeah. Why wasn't he just selling those magic paintings? I feel like he would have made bank, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, Paul, uh, what was bankrupt about this film for you? The acting. Oh, this, the acting wah, on this wah, is so wah, local wah, theater. It's it's so kind good. of uh, you know it kind of impresses me more. Like I don't know how like Spielberg and like Richard Donner are able to get these magnificent performances mm, out of kids mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of other people don't get. I don't know, but this this one is. Uh, not the worst acting in the world but it's certainly not some of the best <laughs> yeah so true it's i did i did well okay this this goes into another dislike i have also apologies <laughs> to local theater actors i'm not blame, i'm not harping on you like that's bad i'm just saying it there's did a, feel like a pbs special actor there's a yes, level of acting yeah. here that is less than let's put it that way i can't exactly. wait for wishbone to run across the screen <laughs> nice um Something so I liked the actor that played the dad, uh, yeah. whose name was Colonel Ty from Battlestar Galactica. 
I'm glad I'm not the one who saw that. <laughs> That's not his actual name. I forget his actual name. I don't have the IMDb up. Maybe Paul can find that. But um, I liked what he brought to the character. I hated the character, though. Why are you making your daughter take care of your son so that you could just be up there drinking, making art. I mean, that's awesome that you're an artist as your profession. Fantastic. That That's so cool. You have kids to take care of, too, if you're going to be home with them. So get on that, Dad. Uh, oh, that just bothered me so much. And then she's like, the the daughter's expected to just do all these things. And I get it. If, if they're Lashky kids, he has to go off to work at a factory or something. Fine. All right. Then she's taking care of Michael. I get it because that I, I have... I have, I have like, I, I can relate to that, but that he's there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm distraught, distraught. So, well, the mother passed away and he's dealing with, no, the, she didn't. She went to Australia and returned Australia. to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> at the movie. Yeah. So yeah, she's back. Sure? Maybe at, she was a ghost. Maybe they just had their eyes closed the entire time. They know she was there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Speed, well, they, I'm just getting to my my tragic makers. We're right there. The <laughs> contrivances, and this goes along with the pacing too. The contrivances of this film are so ridiculous. <laughs> I cannot with this. So the, Michael the Hogan whole, was his, the dad's name. The actor who played the dad, by the way. What, what was it, Paul? Michael Hogan. Michael what was Hogan, the character name. Um, it, Billy. Dad. Billy the dad. Oh, yeah, Billy right. the no, dad. No, well, he wasn't Billy the kid. Yeah. Just Thank you for that uh, clarification, Dom. Yeah, I just I wasn't wanted sure. to interrupt your ramp as you were going. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? Let's just go off in a ditch now. Thanks a lot, guys. Um, yeah, this is just, I felt like there's contrivance over con- after contrivance after contrivance. It's like, it's like you were saying, Dom. It's like we're, we're, we're all these stories uh, put together. It's all like, oh, well, we're in this part of the story now. How do we get here? Oh, uh, let's just write this. Uh, do this thing. Oh, this will get us to the next part. Oh, okay. Now we're fine. Uh, some of the things that come to mind are, as, as much as, yes, it was somewhat clever that they had a, a uh, invisible wire detector uh, or visible string detector, I'm like, why? I don't understand how you come up with that. It seemed very like, oh, just, oh, we have this thing to, to uh, get around this thing. It's like, why even have him having the, all these strings if you're going to get around it anyway and... What's the point of having that if you can't get out anyway? It's just, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And then, and then they convince him to draw the, the fire, the, the fires, the firehouse, the, the old house that was burned to the ground. That yes. wasn't really burned to the ground because it's still there. They finally have a place that they can go to in real life and get out. So they should go, all just flood into the painting. That's what to I was get expecting. Out. Like, I, oh, I, they don't do it. Yeah. I, I, and then yeah. the, fr- okay. So the fright goes on to, uh, goes off Michael onto Senor, and somehow that stops his hair. But uh, Connie was able to to stop his hair just by <laughs> yelling at it. I do not understand. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I thought the fright was supposed to stop, get, take away your hair. Why is it stopping his curse of the of the hair growing? It's so much doesn't make sense. Just so much. Okay, I'm done ranting. Uh, Dallas, what was your tragic major? <laughs> it, my tragic major kind of goes along with 
you're like things just didn't make sense throughout the entire movie like mm-hmm. why is this happening like why were the kids suddenly cool with signore and, yeah like, why was all of a sudden like when he's Yay! bob rosting that painting he's painting a cool like, thing yeah, ah, that's so amazing he loves the kids he's he's been a grumpy grouch old this entire time and now he's like look at me kids bloop bloop like he's laughing he's joking with them I'm like, what is happening here? Like, is he's this, doing is, his is thing. everyone suffering from schizophrenia or something like that? Or Stockholm Syndrome? Stockholm Syndrome? Maybe. Yeah. Just like Beauty and the Beast. I don't know what's happening <laughs> oh, anymore. wow. I just don't know what's happening in this movie half the time because it just, the things just don't line up. Yeah. And like, they, like they're saying things and all of a sudden this is happening. I'm like, what? Why? Yeah. Like, why are the cops, why is nobody really concerned about the fact that 20 kids are missing? Right. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, your your brother kidnapped my kid." Like, that's it. That was that was the line. Nope. Yeah. Like, just so, as chill as can be. I'm like, "Well, they're Canadian, so they're a little bit more chill up there." <laughs> oh my word! Where's the maple syrup joke next? Uh, I'll oh leave that one alone. Paul, why don't you tell us a boo to your tragic maker for this film? Um, I agree with my comrades here. The, 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 the tragic maker for me is that this movie is dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many better stories and better things that oh could be my. put on film. And then they put this on film. This movie's just dumb. Yeah. Some good ideas just executed. So, and just like, I don't, I don't know, even, like, I, yeah, there might be a few good ideas, but it's, yeah, but just not, yeah, not worth the, the price of admission, which is video, apparently. And your time. And your time, exactly. Well, I mean, um, but maybe, maybe there's, maybe we, that it doesn't dictate the file range, just this, that it was dumb is your tragic maker. That's well, fair. hold on. We're getting oh. there. <laughs> we're about to get there. In fact, let's get there. It's time for the moment of truth. Uh, we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer. Alice, you have a firing solution for us. Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. Uh, Neko says it just, it just, it would have been better as a book series or something. I could see that. I could yeah. see it being like a goosebumps or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like the storytelling could have been tired. Regardless, yeah. Whoop Dapperman's comment. A Dapperman's comment. Okay, that's. Uh, I'm looking for it here. I'm looking for it here. I'm looking for it. They probably got mauled by a bear. It's Canada. <laughs> who got who got mauled by a bear? Um, the kids, because the bald guy called the bears on him for mocking him. It's a what? Bible joke. Read your Bible. <laughs> wow. We're going to get to spiritual speculation here in a second. Anyway, Dallas. Sir. Uh, clergy officer who obviously knows his Bible better than I. What is your final reign for the peanut butter solution classic? You'd recommend anyone go out and see this film, whether or not you've seen it before. Nostalgic. It's worth your time to revisit. If you have seen it like back when you were five, like I, like me, but if you've never seen it before, just stay clear. Or is it tragic? It's not worth anyone's time today, whether or not you've seen it before. I believe Mm -hmm. I can that anybody who has seen this movie as a child Mm-hmm. We'll go back and visit this and regret it. 
This yeah, is... I was wondering how this holds up for people who saw it as kids because I saw it as an adult, and my final rating is it's obviously tragic. If you haven't guessed it, oh right my now. gosh, yeah. I can't uh, believe it. I'm yeah. in the same. It's tragic for me. I can't believe I it's not peanut butter. Re Rewatch the, the with the commentary. It's just not <laughs> worth my time. <laughs> like I. I went into because again I heard a couple of people talk greatly about this. Yeah, yeah. because like they, they had some memories. fond memories. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go in this and and I, I I'm I'm really good at going. Okay, this was for a target audience. Yeah, and and go. Okay, I can suspend that. And I kind of a little bit. Okay, I can see a young. I can see a young Francisco enjoying this, um, because you did watch it as a child. That doesn't um, mean I enjoyed it, but okay. But it's in that 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 film that area. But I'm just like. This yeah. was not a good film. Like it kept reminding me of Witches. That's the movie it kept reminding me of, mm. as far as the oh, I genre. Can see that. I, I remember liking Witches fairly well, but we have yeah, because Witches it, still so. had that like it's creepy, but it's fantasy, and it's yeah, you know, yeah. maybe a little bit older kids. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I have zero desire to go watch this on Tubi for free again. <laughs> exactly. I, I kind of hey. want to know if, if I'm getting paid for those commercial breaks. Wow. Maybe you should. Brought to so, you by Trat. Tragic for you, Dallas. Is that yes, what sir. your final rating was? Yeah, and it's the you, I'm sure you could have guessed the same for me. I just I was like I I was I'm glad I got to revisit this movie that I remember being scary and and like very like what is happening um, from childhood that I didn't remember that much of. Uh, so I'm glad I revisited. Now I know though, not worth my time. Uh, so it's not sort of like lingering there. So now we just saved you, awesome listener, a ton of time, an hour and a half of your life. Uh, well, one day we might go as high as five, but that really won't do for you. Um, <laughs> Even though we took an hour already. So we saved you a half hour. I'm sure you're doing something else, like you're driving to work I, or you're I feel like this doing is more a workout or something. Yes, I think so too. Very like, cohesive. Exactly. Like peanut butter. Stupid. Oh my goodness. Thanks for playing back ball. Well, now it's time to get back to our own time. Oh, well, I should have said. So according to the Retro Rewind podcast, <laughs> we rate, we have solved it. See, it's a solution. Retro Rewind podcast rates the peanut butter solution, a undisputed tragic film. We'd recommend no one go see this, whether or not you've seen it before. If you remember thinking, oh, this is kind of cool as, as a child, it's not. Just stay away. Go watch Goosebumps. I don't know. Goosebumps, I guess. Goosebumps. Are you afraid of the dark? Something yeah, like that's that. That's what I was thinking. Dang. Uh, but it's time to get back to your own time. Good old 20XX. 20XX? Compsats online. Receiving incoming transmission. Yeah, or go see the Mortal Kombat movies like Bobo says. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Doing that tomorrow. Uh, feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1985 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflex capacitors, namely Jared Hozar, who suggested this film, Deborah Powers, Brian Keane, Patrick Hicks, Chris Cowan, Geek Devotions, <gasps> you're right here, Woo! The Untold Podcast, James Kennison, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Cronenberg, Pastor Deucin, Kennethin, Redeemed Otaku, That's Our Bobo, Josh Adams, D. Tungsten, Andy Lewis, Jeff, The Dapper Man Reviews, Tony from the Retro, from the retro Days, Mr. Lost, Daryl Hafner, Rosie... In addition to seven other patrons as well. Nice. <laughs> well done. Hey, Jared, I hope you're not offended by us not liking your movie. I, uh, yes, I hope you're not, Jared. But we have a solution for you. Uh, 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 <laughs> we have a mini else. for you. 
<laughs> Thank you all so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to keep us flying for as little as one dollar a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to retrorewindpodcast.com slash support to start. This stream sponsored by pauljpowers.com. Yes, and we also want to thank NLCast, who is James Kennison from That Story Show, for their new review on Podchaser. He says, five stars, the hardest working indie podcast I know of. You guys are dedicated and talented. Wow. Thanks so much, James. Thank you, James. Very kind of you to say. And while we're thanking people, we also want to give a big uh, peanut butter hug to Dallas. <laughs> wow. <laughs> mm, sticky. Uh, for supporting us with his thoughts on the peanut butter solution. So, Dallas, where can people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on? Yeah, you can primarily find me at geekdevotions.com, where you have links to all of our social media platforms. Uh, Geek Devotions is a show from Devoted Geeks. Her devoted letting you know your love through uh, by taking geek pop culture items and using it to let people know through your love. Through Devotions we put out on YouTube, we have a couple podcasts, uh, such as The Bottom Shelf, where we mm -hmm. review terrible movies uh, like the bot like uh, the peanut butter solution. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Are your we have, tomato uh, movies out yet? Uh, yeah, actually, we have both of them. Both of them out. Are, there's not, two there's, there's killer tomato movies. There's four. Oh, there's four. What? So we're not doing the last two. Thank you. Because <laughs> two's <laughs> terrible enough. <laughs> so, but that being said, um, really excited. We just launched uh, this past month um, a new podcast called We Read Allegedly where uh, my bride celeste and then our great friends catherine and john uh they it's kind of like a book club they they bring each mm -hmm. have brought a book to the conversation and they re read it and review one book at a time and so cool. we have a new episode that just dropped this past friday and um and What's it's the book a, uh, the book is called is, does does comic books count uh <laughs> you know i asked him about that and uh, they said uh, they count as books because I don't read normal books, but not for their stuff, for what they're doing ah. for, uh, for the things. Um, what if it's in another language like manga? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> what if it's sung in another language? Oh. So the last book they did was uh, 14 by Peter Kleins, which is a oh. really interesting... Um, I've never heard of it. I've heard of Peter Kleins. <laughs> Celeste, actually talked, Celeste will tell me about the story as she read it and there's a there's a big twist that she wasn't expecting that took place halfway through the uh the book like uh, like a, like a pretzel twist no, like no. A, like, it's a like seven a, that's right like in a, the middle of 14. Like a genre twist that takes place oh okay cool and uh that she wasn't expecting and uh i i'm actually legitimately contemplating reading it and i don't i don't typically read books because i'm a poor okay. reader uh -huh. um but yeah so but we read allegedly is the our new podcast we have out but you can find all this stuff at geekdevotions.com. Awesome. Nice. Thank you again so much, Dallas, and my awesome, peanut, crunchy, peanut buttery uh, friend, Paul, and all you rewinders new and old for another fun voyage with us. You're welcome. And you can find me, pauljpowers.com, at pauljpowers.com. Whoa, it's like it's in the name. You can you can find me on Discord on our Discord for show announcements or just to say hi. Join us there at retroreonpodcast.com slash discord. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box, a curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. You will find culture celebrated for its past and future, satirized for its extremes, explored in study 
and created a new in-story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. And as Nathan just said, we are now part of Culture Box Media Network. Find all the shows unpacking truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media. And with that, Captain, we're on final approach to base, where hopefully the peanut butter solution has worked there, at least. I hope so. Thank you, Exo, and thank you all for listening. We pray you're more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for Dave our next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. All day. Retro Rewind mission complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. Go away, Connie. I do not want any visitors. He's only trying to be nice. I look disgusting. You hear Wow. Takes me back to the peanut butter solution. And you know, you know what, Paul? You know what's the actual peanut butter solution? The marriage of jelly and peanut butter? Uh, actually, yeah, that's way better than what I was going to say. <laughs> Speaking of marriages, let's review the next episode of Firefly. Ship like this, be with you to the day you die. Retro. Because it's a death trap. The part of rewind. Pretty cunning, don't you think? They were robbed of time, young indeed, made them poor, burnt out on dullness. What was it all for? With Firefly now, what reviews will they find? The hero of time, retro of rewind. We gotta go to the crappy town where I'm a hero. Yeah. Paul, you look you look like your ears are bleeding or something. I from wonder the, why. <laughs> the beautiful the beauty of that rendition. Well, maybe I aim to misbehave. Oh my gosh. But yes, we're uh we're taking uh this year to review each episode of Firefly on our way to our Christmas episode, which will be covering the movie Serenity. And uh Paul, what episode are we covering this time? This time we're reviewing episode six called Our Mrs. Reynolds. It was released Ooh. October 4th in the year 2002. Do you want to go ahead and see if uh, you can give us a one episode synopsis that this episode, unlike most, was actually written by written by Joss Whedon himself? Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, the one, epi- one sentence synopsis is thus. A stowaway uh, gets on the firefly pretending to be uh cap the captain's wife but she's actually stealing the firefly for some brigands that are going to tear it down to parts and the crew has to figure out how to double cross her back i don't think i thought she was like uh, quote unquote legitimately married in their culture i don't think she was a stowaway she like I mean, yes, but she wasn't actually part of their culture. She's she just happened to be there. She was. Oh, implant. really? Yeah. Oh, she I was... thought they were group. I thought she was like implanted herself there too. All right, never mind. That's yeah. It didn't really go into the details, but I can see how that's plausible. Sure. Oh, oh, and also, thank you for that that synopsis. I love my captain. <laughs> 
So let's go around and say one thing. What was essentially our classic maker for this episode? What was our tragic maker? Who did we connect with the most uh, during this episode or what character do we like? And then whether or not we would uh, continue watching the series based on this episode. So uh, let's start with Dallas. But first, some me and Paul have seen this series before. Dallas, have you seen this series before? Oh, yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, so what was something you really enjoyed about this episode? Um, you know, it's, I will say this probably about every single episode and that is the humor, the brand of mm. humor that takes place throughout the entirety thing. There's this, there's this snarkiness that takes place that, uh, throughout the entire thing. Like when Mal's talking with, um, um, crazy wife lady, can't remember her name. Yo, Saffridge. I'm Saffron yeah. here, Saffron. but she's there. I wanted to call her Sephiroth for some reason. Sephiroth? Um, <laughs> <laughs> From 5 as you 7, Sephiroth? Yeah. So, wow. but um, when he's talking to her and, and when she's, you know, she's playing the, the the poor pitiful me maiden and she's talking about, you know, being killed. He's like, look, you know, you don't have to do that. You, you know, don't you put up with that either. If somebody tries to kill you, you try to kill, kill them first. Right back. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, what? Like, I appreciate it. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a snarkiness that is sarcastic, but good nature at the same time. Yeah. And um, I just, that's, that's one of my favorite parts about the entire franchise as a whole. And I think this episode did a great job of, of mixing that together where you have the, the snarkiness, but at the same time, they, they took things pretty seriously at times. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, they had a good, they had better tone. Uh, then um, the other movie we talked about recently. <laughs> you mean Peanut Butter Solution? I'm sorry, what movie was that? He's just blocked it from his the, memory. The name now. of this episode that we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I put that in the dumpster fire. That movie doesn't exist oh, anymore. Oh, wow. <laughs> he sent it out to the recycle bin yet? and just deleted it straight away. Oh, my goodness. All right. So that was the thing you loved most about this was sort of the, the writing style, the snarkiness and seriousness. Yeah. Uh, Paul, what did you really take away from this episode that you Well, enjoyed? the thing that I liked the most, not necessarily took away, was um, I like the twist of Mrs. Reynolds being um, not who she was. Yes. But, but more than that, once I knew that she, he was not who she was, I liked seeing her trying to manipulate and, and outwit the cat, the, yes. the crew. Oh, yeah. So totally. That, that, that was, was fun. fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I wonder Paul, if, cause like, I remember when I first watched the episode and going, Holy crap, you know, like that's, that's, that's taking place. Yeah. I'm wondering if, um, that would have been my, my thing that I liked the most today. If, if this had been my first time watching it, I wonder if rewatching it, it's not as interesting to me. Sure, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Oh, it's, that... it's like a magician. You already know the the trick. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's fair. That brings us interesting questions about about the rewatchability, which is funny. So I'm saying, yeah, we rewatch it. So I I I really like this actor, this actress, Christina Hendricks, especially in this role. Um, and I love that she comes back there. I I just I find I I she's Spoiler. definitely like a sociopath. She doesn't care about <laughs> anyone but herself. But I like. How I like how Mal is sort of the is uh, juxtaposed against that because he's very uh, he's very honor bound. He cares about his honor. He cares about doing the right thing, even though he's a an outlaw. He's like a, sort of a Robin Hood type character, I'd say in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and I just I really appreciate sort of those two sort of squaring off. Uh -huh. And I I love I think one of the things that I. So I love that. I love a lot about this. So I'll, I I was going to talk about 
uh, Shepard book and the special hell. And I thought that was funny, but, um, <laughs> I will say, I, I just like how Mal is like really struggling to just like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to take advantage of you because I, I didn't mean to marry you. And so I'm not going to like lean into that. Uh, and then it's just like, eventually he just, it's like, he can't stand it. And that's when it's, he like drops. So, um, so I'm glad I, I just, I just like how the whole, the whole thing happens, but, and oh, especially the thing I know I've just gone and gone, gone gushing about Firefly. I love at the end, how he says, how the reason he succeeds is because he is part of this family. He has people he's working with. He's not yeah. just soloing it, which totally. I think it's, that's something that so many people is like, feel like they can just do things on their own and they'll be okay. But no, you need a community of people around you to really succeed. That's why you guys are so awesome. Paul and Dallas, and also your rewinders at home or wherever you're at right now. You know, I was going to call you out for picking more than one thing as your classic maker, but since <laughs> you threw that compliment in, I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, XO. All right. Uh, but maybe what wouldn't you let slide about this episode of Firefly, the thing you hated most about it? Uh, let's start with Paul. Um, one of the things, oh, the thing that I didn't like most, my tragic maker for this episode is it it says it quotes the bible when it doesn't which is frustrating because in a previous episode they they quoted the bible about you should not suffer a witch to live and that's actually in the bible and this mm -hmm. time they're they're quoting a, a passage they say is from the bible and it's not and it's <laughs> not at all it's i mean that's not something that i don't think anybody should be toying with in that manner yeah. Quote oh, the Bible, quote the Bible. If not. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like it could be in Song of Solomon, but it's not at all. It's not. It's, no. it's not. No. Yeah. So that that's fair. I, I mean, though, I think that just that goes to her, her plain people. And um, like if she were to do that to Shepard Book, he would know. Well, that's not in the Bible. I mean, I would like to think that he knowing the word would be like, that's not in the Bible. What are you talking or, about? May, it sounded like. I was thinking that maybe that their Bible on that planet is different. That's what. That's why Mal goes, "Oh wow, oh. good Bible." Like it's different depending on where you live. Which... Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Sort of like I don't know, like the Mormon Bible or Watchtower or, or something. something. Like or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. But I blame Joss, Joss Wheaton because he aims to misbehave. It's the Wheaton Bible. It's the there Wheaton translation. Go. Yeah. Yes. Boo, boo. That's very fair though, Paul. Uh, Dallas, is that related at all to yours? Like something about. That part you know, um, that I can out. see where Paul's coming from, and I, I, I'm, I'm with him. It's like if you're going to quote the Bible, quote it. But at the same time, you kind of bring up a great point. Like, was that just some manipulation tactic? Mm -hmm. uh, she's, you know, banking on the fact that that Mal probably hasn't read the Bible. Bible since the war. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's interesting theory that's been yeah. out there. Um, a firefly theory. Thanks for listening. <laughs> all right, and I'm sure guys. Um, so as far as for me, the this is my one constant dislike mm. for Firefly, and oh, okay. uh, I feel bad because it's general. It's oh, the it's okay. the CG, um, oh, yeah. Especially it on the does planet. not hold up well. What are you talking about? It holds. I don't up think it held fantastic. up well for even back then. I mean, I, I feel like Andromeda oh, really? came out that about the same time. You and think Andromeda I, looks better? I I think so. Right. I think the yeah, ship I mean, looks better. Okay. I, I'm, I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I just thinking about other things like mm -hmm. um like um. Star Trek Next Generation, the Enterprise. Yeah. Take that, compare that to Firefly, which came out years later. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I mean, they probably didn't I have think... the budget, but 
I, get I think what you're it's saying. a little yeah. different because you're you're comparing an actual because I think they are still using an actual model during next generation really? versus hmm. a completely CG uh, yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I could be wrong. Right. But so I, much I of the show so. was so practical. I feel like they could have just yeah. gone with a model. Maybe and for a lot of that. Yeah. now. Granted, that would be difficult for things like the the web thing and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh. We've been corrected. Andromeda came out 2000, 2005. So, so and this came out in 2002. So it's, it's, it's yeah, about the same time. Same time. Yeah, sorry. yeah. So I thought uh, you were going to say like, here it is the sixth episode and the, I don't see a, a big fiery, shiny butt on a firefly <laughs> with its wings. <laughs> <laughs> glowing oh, yelling at me. Yep. I'm street port. Yeah. Wow. More Sherry. <laughs> wow. Guys. That's a Disney <sighs> reference. Francisco, in case you missed that. I didn't miss it. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, the thing I uh, would have liked to have missed from this episode. Is that how I would phrase it? Or this episode should have missed. Well, the thing I don't like about this episode, I'll say that, is that I feel like they they don't utilize a lot of the crew. Like River and Simon are very, uh, very downplayed. Well, actually, I think they may be the only ones because Jane has Vera, which I really love that whole bit. Uh, That's so funny. uh, Shepard Book has special hell. Anara has this uh, this uh, spat with because, and I, I think it's saying up that she's actually jealous that he got married because yeah. she, she does have a, a fire for him. A fire? Uh, is that what you say? An, when you a have a flame? A flame. Yeah, a flame for him. Thank you. Uh, yes, a firefly for him. Exactly. Yes. Um, and Selkast says, yes, TNG did use a model for the Enterprise and other ships. I knew it. I yes, knew they should. it. Um, uh, but where is it going? So I guess, actually, I guess that's not really much of a dislike because Simon <laughs> and River aren't like my favorite characters or anything. So I, I guess I just felt like it was very... It's Joss Whedon. He wrote, he's normally good with like collaborations between an ensemble cast and he yeah. didn't use all his moving parts like he normally Yeah, does. I guess I just would have liked them to have been more, feel like they're more part of it. They, I think Simon said, who's the new recruit? And that was it. Yeah, yeah. River had one line. She, I, I don't even she, remember River's line. What was I don't that? remember it either. I remember her on screen. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I think she just walked into the room and that was about it. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. she got paid just as much as everyone. I mean, that's fine because they they were the last episode safe. They they were the main people there. There so many they yeah. needed to break. It ebbs and flows. Yeah. Well, that was exactly. the, that's that was the whole thing of that show. Like this was early on in the sh- this was not meant to be late in the in the series. It was supposed to be like, you know, halfway through the first season, halfway right. through the halfway mark of the first season. Right. So all those stories were building blocks were supposed to lead up to some stuff. So it made sense for that to have a lot of everybody and everything. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Everyone was going to have their like their hero stories. And so like next time Jamestown, I hope I hope I'm right that we're finally to Jamestown. So Paul can hear how my intro is exactly like Jamestown's <laughs> intro. Yes, it is. Don't shake your head at then me. Then I don't look forward to the next episode. <laughs> and yes, that was, the next episode is Jamestown vindication we'll see <laughs> hey everyone here live Seven chat episodes you, later you tell you tell me why you tell paul that the intro for the little bumper for this firefly section you love it it's the best thing you've ever heard you tell him that tell him that you could have went with something like like something like that like the real intro to the but anyway 
It's too late now. I put too much work into it. <laughs> some cost fallacy over here. Okay. Um, hey, anyway. where's that dumpster fire door? That's <laughs> right. To, it's just to the left of the of the bay doors. Okay. Yep. You could have had Socus do it. Socus is amazing. Dubs. Anyway. <laughs> Who was your favorite character or who did you connect to the most in this episode? Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. For me, I think it was uh, probably Wash. Like, I liked how he, and I connect with Wash a lot. I like his sort of snarkiness, his wit, uh, because I am just so funny. No, but I, I like he's the pilot and that he's, um, I like that he did. I really appreciate that he's like, he was tempted by Saffron, but he's like, no, I'm married and I really love my wife, Zoe. And we have this thing and Saffron's like, oh my gosh. And just kicks him. I thought that was very funny. But so I, I liked, I liked Wash a lot. Uh, Paul, how about you? Um, I normally don't like this character. In fact, it's my least favorite character is oh. Jane. And yeah. That, because you're not supposed to like him, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think he plays the same kind of character in Chuck. You're not supposed to like him either. Anyway. Really? No, you're supposed to like him in Chuck. Well, I, love I didn't him like Chuck. him in Chuck. I don't know. Maybe it's Firefly's fault. I don't right. know. <laughs> I never oh, watched Chuck. Maybe it's Full Metal Jacket's fault. I don't but know. I, I really like the whole scene with Vera, like him trying to trade the yes. gun for, for the wife. <laughs> now, normally, I'd say, that's not cool, but I'm like, okay, this is a dude that is not well off. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Here's a chance for him to actually get a, a decent wife, like that might be good for him, might settle right? him down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and might might cut you know smooth out some of the edges. And then I'm thinking, after a while being married, you know, he'd probably get angry again, and then <laughs> even be worse off. So maybe if he has kids, he'll settle down. No, but ah. they're going to be disobedient, and that's going to come on even more. So this isn't good either way. So I, so I changed mine to wash. Just because. Right. There we go. Approve. I approve yeah. this message. And how about you, Dallas? All right. So I'm going to say this, but I have to clarify before you guys jump on it. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Jump, I sorry. related to Mel yeah. quite a bit in this episode. Huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I had a not the same, but similar experience oh. to what Mel went through years ago. Okay. So let's um, kiss you and you passed out. Yeah, yeah. That's it. No. Um, so when I was a young man, I was a teenager. You still uh, are a young man. What are you talking about? I was I was on the back of the of a of the bus, uh, going coming back from an event, mm -hmm. talking with some friends, mm -hmm. and I'm having I have a bag of chips, I'm eating some chips, and uh, and a friend of mine offered me some of their chips, and they're like, mm -hmm. "Hey, do you want some of these?" I'm like, "Yeah," and I got some, and it was great. And I got off the bus, and someone says, "Hey, Dallas, here's your new girlfriend." I'm like, "What?" Apparently, at the exact same time that my buddy was going, hey, you want some of my chips? And I go, yeah. Some at the front of us goes, hey, Dallas, will you date so-and-so? Oh, nice. And they heard me go, yeah. So Nice. A twofer. You got chips <laughs> in. Wow. Nice. Oh, my gosh. So my That's crazy. So I <clears throat> felt really weird for Mal when he went, I'm sorry, what are we? Yeah. <laughs> no, we you agreed. We all saw there's a, a bus full of witnesses. <laughs> I just wanted some Pringles. <laughs> ah, that's what they call it these days. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, so that was that's uh, who I related to quite a bit. So you oh, it that was reminded life. you of that. That's cool. oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, then with I was that still guys, waiting for the, the chips to be laced with something. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah, I think that's where it was going too far. Exactly. That's what that was so, going to get dark. <laughs> messing yeah. my expectations. 
Okay, so given this episode, would you continue watching uh, this series? Uh, if Dallas, how about you? Oh, heck yeah. Okay, heck yeah. Paul, how about you? Yeah, I thought it was fun. I'd give it another go. Mm-hmm. I would as well. Uh, so with that, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening to this review of Firefly. Until next time, stay shiny. And good night. Don't let the space bugs bite. <laughs> <laughs>